an air of unusual opulence about the orbital this week and Studio 5 is looking more than a little glittery as the newfound wealth of the tritium transporters has resulted in holes being burned in flight suits and we seem to have gone a little dictator chic with everything including the chairs seemingly made out of gold and it's little cold on our bot bots. It seems that we've got all new equipment with gold buttons on display making it very difficult to read but if you peer carefully you can just make out that it's marked seam master 3308 no seams or your money back so let's see if it's as good as it's word the crew have decided that if you're rich there's no need to work so they've hired robots to do all the work there's a floor scrubber to replace floor mopping guy a machine that takes wine and flushes it down the toilet and into the top of computers so that Harry doesn't have to. A machine to put wax on for Juan so he doesn't have to. And also wax off. Ditto. The apology officer has an apology for a robot which seems appropriate. Wilma has a robot with all sorts of attachments that are at least easy to clean. And of course, Norma Snockers has a new gold-plated rocket-powered pan launcher. We're not sure where Vantian is tonight, but we can tell that he was here, as his usual corner smells of meat sweats and beer farts. And as the crew lay back in their gold hammocks and little squeals emerge as they make contact with the cold metal, a robot trundles across the floor and presses a button that makes a red light illuminate. Another robot, despite its immobile face, has what can only be described as a supercilious sneer, leans forward. Here I am, brain the size of a planet and you expect me to say our mics are live? You wait until I talk to Mr. Dusty. Good evening everyone, I'm Harry Balzac and I'm your host for this evening. But since I didn't take part in the Golconda CG, I'm still poor. So to earn a few extra credits, I'll be pushing the buttons and adding the seams tonight. I'm Wilma Fingerding and I was so rich from mining before that I didn't even notice the CG to ship, um, uh, to ship, you know, that fuel that begins with T that a lot of people have difficulty pronouncing correctly. I'm Mia Harkness, and in my part of the galaxy, we're just lucky if a piece of coal never mind any of that fancy stuff she said. I'm Hank Air, and of course I'm filthy rich. I have a fortune. Of course, I inherited a much larger fortune, but my wise investments have made it into a much more manageable amount. I'm Norma Snockers, and although I do have people to do things for me, I much prefer to get my hands dirty. As is a real pleasure from doing something by hand and doing it well. Oh yes, you. Headline robot. Push the button. Tire tracks back as Alec Turner skid marks his way back into scarab sonography. Outlining, aligning, shining, mining! 
Gold. Always believe in your soul. Mr. Hankey plays with himself. Bye now, highbrow. Sometimes it's good to be bad, but being bad is banned. It'll be all blight on the night. Your community brings you events, always. Ever since space travel outside our solar system began to be enjoyed by private pilots, rather than being the exclusive province of governments and megacorporations, adventurers have sought ways to leave their mark on the galaxy. Of course, the flag is a good start point. Stick a flag in it. There's good old-fashioned graffiti. Flossy was here, carved into some far-flung space rock with a laser. And much worse, space archaeologists are still finding rude images scratched into planets throughout the systems near Sol. In more modern times, pilots have elevated this graffiti into an art form. And with the invention of the Scarab multi-purpose vehicle, an opportunity presented itself. Skid marks. Big ones. Or if you actually release the handbrake and steer in just the right kind of frantic manner, tyre track texts. In recent years, there's been a furore after scarabs were fitted with automatic dust-off tyre track covering air blowers, using compressed air to remove any trace that the scarab was ever there. This week, after petitioning from the buckyballers, they've reversed this decision, complete with flashing red light and beep, beep, beep noises, and legendary racing driver Alec Turner has informed us here in the Hunt and Orbital newsroom that his tracks are back. Whether on an airless moon or under a carbon dioxide atmosphere, as long as you're not trending over hard rock or outcrops of bacteria, any dusty surface will now bear the imprint of all six of your wheels. Or four if you're doing it in a combat SRV. And you can leave important messages such as Hello Mum or that ancient numerical inscription 5318008. Of course, some people just draw willies. Tonight, we're talking about Commander Alex Zuno. You know, the pilot that's feared by pirates the galaxy over. The pilot that's more interested in mathematics than massacres. Uh, except when, you know, the latter aids the former. And who, along with Commander Vulcarius, represent the Imperial Navy Intervention and Rescue. Their organization has provided online aids for long-distance flying, short-distance shooting, brain-busting thinking for totals, and searches for places that you didn't even know you needed to know about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, their goal web address is iniv.space. Okay, so you're queued in. That's Alex. A few weeks ago, Alex told us that she was taking some time away from handing in yet another bounty of exactitude, thus avoiding much head-scratching and finesse envy from most of us who can only dream of being able to pronounce the numbers, let alone achieve them. So what should she be doing? Well, in a word, 
mining. Commander Zuno has been seen smashing seven shades of shale out of rocks. As she puts it, I wish to present a light-hearted demonstration of a simple challenge for commanders to attempt if they are learning to fly with flight assist disabled. We know this isn't boring because she's um using seismic charges rather than subsurface displacement. <laughs> Uh, sorry, a little mining joke there. Eagle-eyed viewers, and if you're listening to the radio or the podcast, apologies, you'll just have to use your imagination, will have spotted that Alex is attempting to mine Alexandrite, which we like to think was probably named after Alexandra herself. And therefore, she's only reclaiming what's rightfully hers. And without all that tedious business where someone else mines it, pirates steal it and Alex grabs it back as they disintegrate. Ugh. Okay, okay. If you want to be picky, the gemstone mineral was so named during the reign of Emperor Nikolai I of Russia as a gift to the imperial family in honour of his son, the future emperor, Alexander II. But uh, we like our version better. Apparently, one property of Alexandra is that it changes colour with different angles and types of light, much as pirates do as their shields glow blue and white. Then lovely shades of yellow and red surround them as Alex chalks another mark in her cockpit. But she's not doing that at the moment, like we said. So, whether you're a miner or a pirate, please sit back and watch as Alex finishes her mining demonstration. Oh, oh P.S. Uh, Alex is demonstrating her compassion as only prospecting limits, uh, limpets were used in this demonstration. So, you know, no collector limpets were left behind in the end.
after the second exciting week of Going for Gold 3, Hutton's latest squadron exploration event, we are lying sixth in the squadron table with just a shade over a billion points, and with the leaders on almost three billion. There's no need for full-on panic just yet, as there are still six weeks to go, and the explorer billionaires will be leaving it to the last possible day, just in case they miss out on just one more terraformable. Truckers everywhere have been coming out of the woodwork to lend a hand, almost three dozen at the last count. That's still a couple of short of the 480 truckers in the hut and squadron, so even if you just honk every system you pass through in the bubble, it will add something. And stress Antares' programming skills and colour palette, if nothing else. Our very own Mir Harkness is still very, very humbly sorry for leading the going for gold table for a second week, making up almost a third of the Hutton total with 606 million credits. Submitted with the Happy Moon Monkey close behind on 508 million. Additionally, we now have a number of truckers who have broken the 100 million credit barrier. In addition to the aforementioned two, we have, in order, BAM, Afrothos, Monty P, and Christoph Hanke in the Nine Figure Club, who is going to be the first to break the milestone of 1 billion credits. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Dr. Evil there for a moment. It isn't too late if you want to take part. All you have to do is have the Hutton Helper running. Download it from hot.forthemog.com. You need to be in the Hutton Squadron. That's hut as in H-U-T-T, not as in Pizza Hut. And you need to sell your cartographic exploration data before 7am on Thursday 21st of July 3308. You have six weeks left, so get out there and get busy scanning. Commander Chicks will be along a little later with a third part of his four-part trilogy of tips and tricks where he explains how to really boost your Carto credits using the various bonuses available by, well, basically being first. Remember, stay off the beaten track, stay above or below the galactic plane, and if someone got there before you, go somewhere else. Sith publicist, Emperor Hanky, King of the Clones, Sovereign of the Snakes, and Master of Miniature War, was recently observed taking part in a competition of galactic proportions, moving personnel, buildings, senior vicars, horses, and royalty around as if they were pieces on a chessboard, which they were. The giant amongst men of below average height is, as we know, no stranger to the bishop's opening, and knows that castling isn't just something that Dukes got up to with the serving wenches up in the West Tower, and has even been known to play by himself with both hands in simultaneous displays for the amusement of the crowds. Small wonder then that the man who taught Mr Spock everything he knew about 3D chess, cue everything about how to impersonate an Aldebaran serpent, and is the inventor of what has come to be known as the Hanky Defence, which is really just blaming everything on Rampage, was in great demand as Brainiacs, who can think 12 moves ahead but can't remember where they left their trousers, basled it out in the hotbed, hotbed that is Burial Mound in the Furnace. Until Highlander Lake, there was only one triumphant. We presume that was Hanky, but official observer Flossie was silent on the subject, claiming that she, Wrongway, and their offspring were only present for lunch and not, as we previously reported, to watch Hanky make a meal of it. 
the militant wing of the baldest sexy movement. You know, the one epitomised by Lieutenant Ilya has been expanding their operations this week by travelling the galaxy and simultaneously shaving off everyone's eyebrows. Commander Dirk Hatch was just one of the people affected by this assault, but as you can see from his picture, it's, it's not so much facial deforestation as just a little tidying up at, at the edges of an already, it has to be said, pretty shiny expanse. Rumours that this is a move to squash demand for more emotes by adding quizzical expression as even Roger Moore needed an eyebrow to act have been met with almost no visible emotion from the Pilots' Federation that we can tell. But of course that may be the new space Botox option. A spokesman for the Pilots' Federation, who asked to remain anonymous, so we'll call him Captain Hair on Chin, said it was the Imperial Clippers. Commander MHF, Hutton's roving reporter and part of the Rampage School of Ninja, has been in touch with the studio over recent days with a complaint. He has totally unable to do sorry, he has been totally unable to do anything that would end up with a visit to the naughty step. In the ultimate in crime prevention, the Pilots Federation appear to have nobbled the naughty prevented the pilferers and put the kibosh on the kleptomania by including new software that actively prevents heists. You can accept the mission, you can tool up, you can hitch a lift or fly yourself somewhere near the destination, but as soon as you arrive it's a full system shutdown. You can't do anything. If you're thinking of inserting a doobry into one of the containment facilities, or lifting a watsit from a processing plant, you're not allowed. It's banned. Settlement security guards throughout the galaxy are said to be enjoying this unexpected break from defending their most precious wares from being robbed, stolen, lifted, pilfered, purloined and misappropriated. Of course, the cupboards are still fair game, but it's far less likely they'll end up in the crosshairs of a rampaging rampage or a flossy in one of her leptor moods. There's an ongoing investigation into the legality of making the illegal impossible, but it's possible that in order to be illegal, it needs to be possible and it's probable that heists will once again become available. Just remember the number one rule of heist club. Thou shalt not get caught, and if thou wist, thine armaments had better be loaded. <laughs> With the recent spate of infrastructure failures finally cleared, it has been a less fraught week here in Hutton Space. It hasn't been entirely quiet, with another blight and an expansion war being fought, and we have more on those stories coming up. Uh, despite a brief and half-hearted recovery during a brief period of calm, Barnard's star finds itself slumped back to 32%. Reassuringly, it occupies its regular spot at the bottom of the Hutton Systems table. The latest in a long series of elections between minor factions that was tying up 30% of the system's influence has just ended, but it won't be long before they're at it again. So, until they do, Barnard Star makes a great spot to dump some of that lovely exploration data. Kakari has maintained its steady decline over the week, leaving it in the mid-30s, so there's another good spot to cash in your going-for-gold-3 exploration data. 
Epsilon Eridani suffered a small reverse, dropping back to 39%, largely accounted for by a rise in influence of the Mad Monks, a watchful eyes being kept. The two infrastructure failures in Avic and Wolf 359 took some time to relieve, but systems were returned to normal operation a couple of days ago. Another outbreak of blight has occurred, this time in Wolf 25, so truckers should ship in agronomic treatment. Authorities are investigating patterns of ship movements to try to determine how this contamination is being spread throughout our systems. Typically, not the cleanest of sorts, truckers are being asked to be especially thorough in their ship and cargo geek decontamination routines and weekly showers may be mandated whether you think you need one or not. If chuckly hygiene weren't enough cause for concern, there is also a bust state pending in Wolf 25 as these systems' finances have been undermined by a spate of smuggling. Boost the system through trade and sell your Carto data in bonkers. The expansion war into LHS 3531 has concluded with a large dollop of assistance from the controlling player faction, who were only too happy to vent the third player faction from the system airlock. Remember, it's their system, so be nice, wipe your feet before you leave your ship, and don't get too rowdy in the station bar. At the overachieving end of the Hutton Systems tables, we have just five systems above 60%, and I can feel an unsolicited expansion coming on again soon. Remember, don't boost systems above 60%, spread your trade and carto data love around some of the more deserving places. Priorities this week are, if you want to truck something, clear the blight in Wolf 25 and then boost it to clear the bust state. Boost Barnard Star and Kakari. If you want to shoot something, take a look at Operation Breastplate in the Hutton Discord. And here are the updates from North community-led events out there in the galaxy. This week they are... The Nexus Initiative. Trip Omega. Does the sun still rise in the east? In the east. Five Euro tours, and at the Eldritch Gate. Links will, as always, be posted in Twitch chat and also in the description of the YouTube upload. As far as the Nexus Initiative is concerned, it's been a bit quiet on the Gary Hogan front for a few weeks, and Commander Caboose has told us why. You'll recall that he wants to have the seating areas, Vista Genomics and other such luxuries fitted to the inside of the Gary Hogan as he goes through the business process of having legs added. Well apparently he didn't want to be caught in the rush, so started the decommissioning process a couple of weeks ago saying, well we're right at the front of the queue boys, aren't we? Then turning round, looking at the lack of people behind him shouting, boys? Boys! And so the Gary Hogan is in the shipyard, sitting up on the biggest piles of bricks you've ever seen, as he might as well wait until September. However, the Nexus Initiative isn't just sitting round twiddling its thumb drives. Apparently, the Legacy of Dawn is still doing her weekly trade routes for those interested in joining her in Brani. The Legacy is going to use this time to earn enough credits to fund the Gary Hogan for a long time. So it's a due to the Gary Hogan, but not goodbye. We'll see you in September.
Commander Vadium is checking the mail that's piled up behind the front door at home and wishing they'd watered their pot plants before heading out on Trip Omega. But before they go and wash, put the washing in the machine, they've had time to send this note. <coughs> After exactly 113 days of journeying out in the galaxy, Titan Contractor's fourth and largest trip, Trip Omega, has finally come to a slightly explosive end. This trip was the largest expedition undertaken by the squadron to date. Since launching on the 12th of February, our carriers, the TOC Solaris and TOC Monty Burns, have travelled 85,326 light years, completing 213 jumps each. 59 points of interest were visited and 13 staging points were reached during this time. We estimate, and this is a big estimate, that it took that you all took and posted 2,000 plus images throughout the trip, with 145 submitted to our challenges, and 11 lucky commanders won a total of 10.4 billion credits in challenge rewards. Alongside their journey, we also wrote 49 narrative articles for our story throughout the trip, from start to finish. We're so grateful that the people were able to join this trip and enjoy it, and couldn't have made it possible without support from our community. Uh, to those interested in following in the footsteps of our trip, we encourage you to check out the commemoration page on our website and watch our commemoration video that's coming up. You can join our Discord as well via the provided links. Fly safe!
Commander the Presence has gone just about as far east as it's going to, and he brings us this week's adventures from Just the Sun Still Rise in the East in the East, week 14. I don't like to say anything negative, but no, he doesn't. It's a far cry from back in Colonia where the stars outnumber the sequins on a ballroom dancer's frock. Waypoints are up too. You don't see one for weeks and then two pop up at once. I had a very easy run to the DSSA Deus Fault, Expedition Waypoint 11, and after a cold shower and a hot breakfast, I went to find Captain Shiny Rick to give him the gifts I'd brought. All the way from Laplace Ring in the Bubble, I'd brought him a ton of conga ale, although, like fine scotch, the <clears throat> um, angels do seem to steal it from the cask. From Jacques Station, a rare Quintition still, and from a secret Guardian hotspot, a million-year-old orb, to use as a football in a challenge for SRVs. After paying out the value of my Carto data to the guard on the command deck door by way of a bribe, I made it up to his ready room to see a small note left on his desk. Gone to Sol for a Minecraft tournament. Hmm, not a happy bunny, as I'll have to lug them home now. <clears throat> I left in high dungeon, even though where he has set up his base is truly amazing. So here I am now at the very edge of the Milky Way, drowning my sorrows in the delightfully named Magellan's Bar. One of two carriers all the way out here, looking out over its shiny paint job. Thinking, it would have been so easy to make it look tacky or gaudy, but they made quite a nice job of this. Until next week, and the start of the homeward journey, TTFN 07. Commander Hunter and the latest five euro tour, the return of the journey to the centre of the Milky Way, returning to Colonia and Sagittarius A. The hard way, without fleet carriers, is progressing nicely and he's had time to pen this update. <coughs> Hello everyone, here's our update on the five euro tours expedition. We've been nearly two weeks underway now and have come a long way. One commander has already finished this expedition. I hope he didn't miss that black hole. We have travelled over 70,000 light years, jumped in the total and over six... Sorry. We have travelled over 70,000 light years, jumped in total. And over 6,300 planets have been mapped for our friends at the Universal Cartographics Office. As expected, and a completely normal phenomenon, one commander has perished and now has a place among the stars, permanently. See you all next week as we're near, nearing Colonia, or 07. Commander Richard Fluorinus M is still looking for applicants to join his expedition with a difference. That sets off in just a few weeks now, as he tells us in this appeal to your spirit of mystery. The Independent Explorers Association is proud to present our latest expedition, At the Eldritch Gate. The glowing green gas giants have always interested pilots. There is nothing quite like them in the galaxy, and they are very rare. 
There appear to be no common factors to help explorers find more of them. No common star or conditions that can be used to determine what kind of systems may have one. They have been found in all different kinds of systems and stellar circumstances. So, when a new one is found, it's always noteworthy. And the exploring community have kept a list of all those discovered so far. Except one. A glowing green gas giant with a large and impressive ring was found by Commander Kelly Eldridge seven years ago, which was never documented as the commander could not remember exactly where they found it. System and other issues prevented them from retrieving information that could have helped to pinpoint the location further. So we only have some brief notes and this screenshot. All we know is that it's somewhere in Vulcan's Gate, in the area known as the Perseus Crags. Thanks to what info Kelly has been able to provide, we've put together this expedition. It will not be a regular expedition in the sense that we travel from point to point. Instead, we will fly out to a specific location and then spread out from that location in a systematic search for the lost giant. Individual commanders, squadrons, or commanders who wish to represent their squadron, all are welcome to join us as we hope to find the giant and return it to its rightful place in the galactic catalogues, as well as taking the opportunity to further chart the region. Kelly did not have the scanning and mapping tools we have today, and we hope to discover not just the giant, but many other interesting things as well. There will be fleet carriers in support, so if you want to bring multiple ships, you are welcome to do so. All the services you will need, including the concourse, are provided with zero tariff. Join us by registering for the expedition at the link shown, and join our Discord. Commander Richard Vrunas M has also sent us an interesting video, and we'll be playing it very soon after the news, so stay tuned! I know that's a lot of events, but I bet there are more. Email I took part at hooknobrittle.com and tell us about them. And that was the news. <laughs> Seems <sighs> just about weirdly. Mm-hmm. I mean, weirdly. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. I was, I was just thinking about <laughs> how very about scene counts so far this week. It's probably maybe I don't know, maybe one, maybe two. Mm. I wasn't keeping count last week. By this point, must have been three figures at least. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a competition, but I win. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, it depends what the what the goal of the competition is. It, is it? To get the most or the least, it's one of those things. I always but thought all, golf. But all three a... of those figures had a number nine. Is that a number <laughs> nine and a number nine and a number nine? It's <laughs> took a certain pride in golf. You know, taking a hundred shots, I always felt I had my money's worth. You know, it was those idiots <laughs> who only yeah. took sixty something. I kind of lost out somehow. That's because they get back to the bar much quicker, Paul. Well, no, they're with me, so they have to go <laughs> oh. my place. It's, uh... Speed yeah. of the slowest ship. No. Yeah, getting yourself to the bar late's one thing. Keeping other people back is just, just something just else. Just selfish. Yes. Well, well, the real secret of golf is you take your bar with you. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Hollow, hollow sticks. 
They are called sticks, aren't they? Yes, or, or I arrows. Them, or no, something. they're called they're called they're called bats. Mm -hmm. yeah. Golf, golf bats. bats. No golfers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so what are we doing? Uh, so, did anybody see the Frontier live stream? No. 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 Good. That's good because there wasn't one. Well, it is. Yeah. I, I was just going to give you one of those lovely jackets that does up at the back if you'd seen it. Mm. <laughs> yes, in the with the rubber wallpaper. Yeah, hogmeade jacket. Mm. So, well, we can talk about what's the James mm. Webb Space Telescope been doing then? I don't know what has it been doing. Well, it's, oh, do tell. It's it's been having space rocks chucked at it. Who's um, chucking the rocks? Well, the universe. The galaxy. Does the universe oh, not like that? the space telescope? That's that's a bit rotten, yeah, isn't it? Can't you just leave it alone? Uh, it's in the way of the rocks. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, it's, yes, yes. It's, uh, it's an exercise in relative velocity. But anyway, yeah, it's been hit five times so far. But uh, there was one around the where are we now? Second week of June. There was one about three weeks ago, um, around the twenty-fourth of May, which has caused more significant. Uh, damage. It's not killed it or anything, but it's uh, it's obviously obviously it's designed to, you know, work and operate in a space environment. But this one has been significant, so you can actually see the effect of it in some of the images. Does that mean they haven't yet managed to turn on the deflector shield? Mm. Yes. Well, that would generate heat. <laughs> we don't want any heat. It's almost like having a you know when you get a brand new pair of sunglasses and before you even manage to put them on, you scratch them. Mm. It's 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 a bit like that. Anyway. The more expensive they are, the more the scratch. Yes, <laughs> yeah, the more annoying it is. So mm. yeah, but James Webb should see some pictures uh, in about a month, twelfth of July. Is and, the, they, uh, and then they'll come and they'll, then the uh, there'll be a, a sticker on the corner of each one saying, "You seem to have got a scratch on your lens." <laughs> that, that, for younger listeners, that's what used to happen when you used to get pi pictures developed on film. <laughs> yeah, they used to just the people the people that developed them used to judge you. That's <laughs> what used to happen. It's like the the young lady in the long dress and the tiara who used to sit outside boots, and she used to say to people passing by, "One day my prince will come." Yeah. Oh. Oh. Right. Oh. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> no. uh, just it, just, it's interesting. I just had um, just had a ping from uh, uh, LCU No Full Like One, uh, he of the Canon Research fame, oh. so, saying that we've got um, rhubarb and custard. Those those lovely. Uh, Planets of which are yellow and pinkishy red will collide on the 26th of this month. And apparently, KOI232 will collide on the 14th of June at a, around approximately 1356.58 uh, on the 14th of June. Approximately. So approximately. Who are we Captain. sending it out there on who's going out on video duty? Yes, it's a, well, it was a 14th, is a Tuesday. Tuesday early afternoon. Oh, it's June. Hang on, that's yeah, yeah, early afternoon. Yep, oh, I'll be busy. Yeah, the, well, if, if anyone wants a lift to, to go there, then LCU says the um, you can go on the CRV Flower of Agatia will be departing from Variety after 10 a.m. on Monday the 13th. Um, 
he's done the maths. The collision has never been witnessed before, so no guarantee that the timings will be right. So if it's a second late, he's in trouble. Um, mm. That's his yeah. personal <laughs> flower. Too. The flower of Ag- Agatia is his personal character, named after two flower from the Agatian Empire in the Discworld books. Uh-huh. And uh, yep, yeah. and tumbleweed noise. The one with the one with the uh, the luggage. Uh, and uh, LCU says it'll take people back to the bubble later and, and then prepare for rhubarb and cuss on the 26th, after which the Flower of Agatia will carry on to Vulcan Gate for the Eldritch Gate expedition, as mentioned by Norma earlier, and mentioned that we have a video. Shall I put this on now? It's five and a half minutes. You've got time to go and brew a cup of tea while I do that. Oh, excellent. Let's do that. I'll put this on and then we'll have a little chat after. Mm-hmm. Welcome to another lore video. This one is a bit different, as it has nothing to do with the current story, but it is similar in one respect. It ties together an old piece of lore with a new player activity. At the end of June 3301, a plague began to affect the people of Newton Dock, a station in the system BD-02-4304. It became known as the Cerberus Plague. Basic medicines and quarantine could only keep it in check, not eliminate it entirely or completely stop it from spreading. It spread to 30 systems and killed over 100,000 people between June and August that year. The cure was found by accident in July and turned out to be the rare good ceremonial hike tea. Patients who were given the tea fast enough made a full recovery. Medical personnel led by Dr. Carl Simmons worked around the clock to make an antidote from the tea and by late October Cerberus had been eradicated. The only case after that was in March 3302 when Professor Palin was deliberately infected with a variant of Cerberus by Black Flight, hoping to sabotage his research by getting him to infect the team he was working with. Deliveries of Hike T managed to cure him and his team, after which Palin announced he would become a solo researcher from then on, believing his life and the lives of others would be less at risk that way. This was ironically the same month that Dr. Carl Simmons gave a speech at a medical conference when he said that the tea had helped them eliminate Cerberus forever. Since then, there have been no cases but one question remains. Where did the plague come from in the first place? A possible answer to this question comes from the journals of Commander Kelly Eldridge. Kelly was an explorer who traveled to the core, then onto the area once known as the Perseus Crags and now called Vulcan's Gate, before going up the Perseus Arm. Her journey lasted two months She travelled 150,000 light years and visited 8,000 star systems. This was all in the days before engineering, jumponium and guardian frameshift drive boosters. So Kelly was one of the true pioneers in the early days of deep space exploration. She made a number of interesting discoveries on her journey, but it was in Vulcan's Gate where she found the rarest object she had ever seen. A glowing green gas giant with rings. A stunning sight. 
and one that is not on the list of glowing green gas giants discovered since. On her way from the giant to the Perseus arm, she began to feel ill, with occasional bouts of dizziness, disorientation and nausea. She got as far as a permit-locked area known as Hyponia, before deciding to return to the bubble and get herself checked out by medics. She arrived at Newton's Dock in May 3301, where she was diagnosed with an unknown disease. Although she only had a mild case of it, the unknown nature was worrying and the authorities decided to keep it quiet until it could be identified in order to avoid a public panic. Because her memory had been affected, she could not recall exactly where she had discovered the glowing green gas giant, so it could not be added to the list of them discovered by pilots over the years. Some believe Kelly is retired from exploring and is living a quiet life on a tropical island somewhere. Others believe she died from the plague and her death was covered up. We may never know the truth. Was Kelly patient zero for the plague that became known as Cerberus? Did she somehow bring it all the way back to the bubble? Did she get it from a visit to the glowing green gas giant? Is there some entity there that infected her, perhaps with the intention of wiping out the human race, or simply as a deterrent to visitors? The search is on this July to try and retrace her route and see if it can be found again. Unlike other expeditions, we will not be travelling from point to point, but making our way to the region and then radiating out from that location in a systematic sector-by-sector -sector search. Will our journey lead to another outbreak? Is whatever affected Kelly still there, or has it moved on? What will we encounter if we find a glowing green gas giant? Can we rediscover it and return it to its rightful place in the Galactic Catalogue? Join us, the Independent Explorers Association, on our expedition at the Eldritch Gate, setting out from <coughs> Lord 26 on July the 10th. The Unknown Awaits. Well, that's very different, isn't it, as, a, as an expedition? Yeah. It's not just going out there and seeing what there is. It's going out to have a particular goal. And, of course, doing it in teams is a sort of competition thing. Um, I know some of some people are busy with going for goal three, but if somebody fancies it out there and wants to um, go... If you want a Hutton, official Hutton team, then either Facebook or Discord would be the time to sort of place to organise stuff. But uh, if, you, if you want to, if you think, oh, I'd like to, but uh, I don't have enough people to go with me, um, LCU says Canon... Uh, are quite happy for people to come and join their team. So there you go. I mean, a hunting team so would be good, but yes. Go when? Uh, how long does it last for? Oh, now you. It lasts for this long. It's it's some months. I've got it written. I've got it written down in my old. Okay. Talk talk me through. Well, if, uh, it, was, if it was less than six weeks, then it could go on it and then dump it's, the data for it's, going. Uh, no, no, it's two, it's two months. It start starts oh. on the tenth of. Uh, 10th of July and finishes 10th of September. Oh, okay. Well, there's a, it only overlaps with going for gold three yeah. by 11 days then. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was the, the my thought, that uh, unfortunate timing from our point of view. But uh, people, if people wanted to join that set, their own um, mm. Hutton squadron and go out there, they wouldn't be being disloyal. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Let, let oh, so choose what they want to do. Absolutely. No. no. Yeah. Um, what's next? Um, oh, um, Frank. Yes, somebody. Uh, that's a particular one. Uh, we know Alex. Um, she uh, given us oh, information yeah. in the past about frag cannons not working, um, mm-hmm. but for her it's working. But it's it isn't um, entirely certainly works for everybody. So uh, best to check, and we'd we'd like to know if it doesn't work. Um, and Alex, being the generous type, uh, said that uh, Zach Cocken, the uh, community manager, seemed to have taken a particular interest in this issue and taken it forward. So she's she's very happy that that was done. Yay. So, refresh my memory. Was it working in Horizons or working in Odyssey? It, working in Odyssey and or? not in Horizons, I think. And I think it I think was it. just Class 3 yeah, as well. Yeah, it? yeah. It was quite peculiar yeah, and, and specific. They, they, yeah, very specific to the way that, um, hmm. that Alex, Alex, did, Alex, Alex's play style, the uh, utterly... Style. Uh, yes, well, <laughs> and, and we know it's particularly effective because of the yeah. vast numbers of bounties that she's managing to... Mm. to capture so yeah i think that's uh, that's um that's worth looking for so uh well done zach yes yes that's enough yeah. right <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can, i've got a bit of a bit of fun here um i spotted commander the high wake um i've got a, a video uh so we've got this only two minutes not it's, it's a nice short video this time no time to go and get a drink uh this one is what entitled what are the npcs constantly doing on their tablets when we run around the station on our own business now this is um Riddle, surely it's a it's a parody a parody one now you might recognize some people in this in the no free conda orbital <laughs>
there we go. Wasn't that fun? Yeah, that was nice. Very good. <laughs> very high quality, I thought. I mean, yeah. um, didn't understand a bloody word of what was going on, but it was fun. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what else have we got here in the script? What have you, chicks, what have we well, got? Uh, update uh, uh, update 12. 12. We had update 12. It um, landed um, a day later than was originally billed, but... Uh, Rather have it working and whatever was was the wrong with it, but I was just wondering if everybody's everybody uploaded, they got it all upgraded. Anybody tried it? I I've been out exploring, so I dashed down to a planet surface and noticed that uh, tire tracks were back. Yeah, um, I love. I'm not in civilization, so I haven't gone to any settlements or <laughs> encountered anybody. But yeah, everything I usually do. Is I've working. been to a, a ground base. And uh, I used to have issues whenever I first touched down and went into a ground base or the shops were shut. Um, well, they were open, <laughs> but nobody was in them. Um, and they'd have ah, to log out. used to go on a in. Sunday. Yeah, it must have been early closing. <laughs> so I'd have to log out and log back in again. But now when I went down to the, the planet's surface, they're, they're in. Everybody's in that's open. So something's happened. You know, hmm. they've relaxed the Sunday trading laws or something. <laughs> Yeah. Nobody having any any issues. I heard, I heard one of I think Dead Meat was having some some issues with. Was it a taxi or oh, something? They, yeah, they, well, that was yeah. that. We turned the that into Vanti and turned that into one of the news news items. Yes, there's this business of uh, hmm. we've got these new missions, but you're all right until you actually get to a place where you're about to do it, and then it then you you black out. Probably it doesn't like it. It's moral that, pressure that, on you, probably. Nice, <laughs> yeah. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Your blood blood pressure is probably <laughs> making you collapse. <laughs> yes, but, but, I've had no problem while I've been uh, exploring. In fact, I I also landed on a planet to try driving around and getting the tire tracks. Yeah, um, mm. me the characters have been here and there in the bubble and that, and uh, you know, not had any problems at all. And Sean, what's been your experience of update twelve? I managed to download it. <laughs> <laughs> I download them all. So I have a beautifully up to date game. Yes. To what end? To, to, so I'm poised, ready, like a like a coiled rusty spring. <laughs> Boing. Yes. Mm. Uh, when is the when is the spring unleashed? Oh, this tied up. It just it doesn't work now. It's a it's like a, a very old slinky. You put it at the top of the stairs and give it a push, and it just looks at you. It goes twang rather than yeah. boing. Mm. <laughs> you end up a whole separate load of ringlets. Yes. 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 Mm. Well, we can all look forward to update thirteen now, or will they skip thirteen and go straight to I don't know <laughs> nineteen? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? It'll, Who they'll knows probably change it. Do like Microsoft do and just say we'll be going for update XP, you know. In fact, I yes. do recall uh, Arf talking about it about three weeks ago in one of the... It's even longer. It's five weeks ago. It's one of the Frameshift Lives. It's say something was coming towards the end of the year. I think it said November. Yeah. Mm. So was the one in September August? Anyway, we, we have been told. I just can't remember. So, yes. Yeah. 
Are we all? That's it. All that's that, no more. That's good. Well, so uh, Flossie's favourite bit. Yeah, we have to get. Yeah, well, we have to get a move CD on now. News. If, we, if we're going to get out of here in time for <laughs> Amelia to watch a movie, we have to. We have to. Everybody speak faster now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's nearly time for the Pilots Federation's officially favourite pilot to tell you all you nouveau riche types all about the CG news. As if you could hear us over the sound of all that money. But before we do that. There's just enough time to help me give my inner silliness a little boost like it needs any help. To help keep me youthful in spirit at least and play a little game. I'm going to attempt to do a jigsaw. And I'm trying without the picture on the lid, so wish me luck. OK, let's get this done. Let's start. Let's get the corners done. Yeah, that's that one. I'll do mm -hmm. that corner there. Oh, there's another one. It's always, yeah, best get those you... done. And the other one is... Is it? Oh, there. That's good. Uh, is it St Paul's Ooh, that down there Cathedral? Somewhere. Right, get the edges. There goes. Get the edges. That one goes there. Oh, it's all right, of those pieces there. on the right wheel. Hanging oh, oh, yeah, that, that left-hand edge, that looks good. And Oh, is yes. Is that teal that I hit? What is that? Do they, yeah, that matches. Now the bottom. Mm. Bottom, uh, good. And that bit. How many legs has it got? Must mean then, it, do it's we, a Peruvian unicorn. Oh, do they meet? Ooh, yes, they meet there. I feel the bit then. Does that, no, that doesn't match. There must be another one. Yeah. Must be another one somewhere. Okay, let's find is that. It Buckingham, is there. it Buckingham Palace? Yes. Maybe Buckingham right, Palace. Yeah. Oh, look at that. That's good. Now, let's do the top. Here we go. Oh, this okay. is getting easier. That one. Uh -huh. And then that one. Then Where's the other one? Oh, it's always easier when seeing when you get the four corners and the edges. It's always Just a couple of pieces to go. Still can't quite see what it is. Oh, hang on. I know what this is. Yes. It's... Oh, it's an art fuck! Fools, the lot of them. Looks like I'm the only adult here. So I guess it's time for me to introduce me with the CG News. It's Flossie It's Flossie It's Flossie It's Flossie And the community goes Hello, Flossie here with this week's Community Goals News Last week's CGs Appeal for supplies to relaunch the Golconda. <laughs> Completed approximately 14.30 UTC on Sunday, with 79,640 units collected. The high price being paid for tritium attracted 8,139 commanders to contribute, many making several billion credits in the process, but also had the effect of completing the CG earlier than anticipated, and before any adjustments could be made on Monday. I think there are now many more fleet carriers in the galaxy following this gold rush CG. Protect efforts to relaunch the Golconda. Finished at 600 UTC this morning, short of tier 4, with 78,444,161,654 credits being earned by 3,615 participants. This week, new CG. 
Professor Perlin requests deliveries of Thargoid artefacts. Professor Ishmael Perlin has requested deliveries of Thargoid artefacts to the ARC system for scientific study. The first phase of the project took place last month and focused on meta-alloys. In a public announcement, Professor Perlin outlined the second phase. My ongoing analysis of the Thargoid's biomechanical technology has reached a point where fresh material is needed. Specifically, I require large supplies of Thargoid probes, resin and sensors. I appreciate that there are risks involved in transporting such dangerous alien artefacts. Hopefully, the corrosion-resistant cargo racks that were provided following this project's initial phase will prove useful. As well as payment in credits, I am pleased to offer Grade 5 engineered heavy-duty hull reinforcement packages as an additional reward. Rewards will be distributed as follows. Top 75% 4D heavy-duty hull reinforcement package. Top 25% 5D heavy-duty hull reinforcement package. Top 10% an additional 5D heavy-duty hull reinforcement package. Pilots are asked to deliver Thargoid probes, Thargoid resin and Thargoid sensors to Professor Palin's workshop at Bard Gateway in the ARC system. Campaign began today the 9th of June and will run for one week and if the final target is met earlier than planned, the campaign will end immediately. And that's it for this week's TG News. Blossy told you what to do. Thank you, Flossy. I find there's nothing more bracing than having your hull reinforced. Now, normally found amongst the ranks of the crazy gang, now a double act, normally found down and out, hanging out there washing underneath the arches it's the flanagan and allen of the galnet news digest it's beetlejuice and wotherspoon oh and this week they're joined by the digest's very own dipsomania correspondent who may sound somewhat familiar so shine on harvest moon hmm that's no moon Galnet News Digest, 9th of June, 3308. WRTNSYDHT. In this week's news, like so many other commanders who took part in the Golconda appeal for Tritium, Galnet News Digest has finally been able to afford its first ever fleet carrier. We picked it up at Putten Orbital, just behind the free Anaconda concession stand. And we asked celebrity drucker Cecil B. Trumpington to say a few words and dedicate the carrier in the traditional way. It didn't quite go to plan. Testing, testing. One, two, five. I say, is this thing on? Hello? 
Oh, my. Does anyone look down? It's an awfully way, long way down from here. I, I feel giddy. Right, someone point me in the right direction. W what are we doing today? You're here to help us launch our new fleet carrier. New fleet carrier, hey? Giant flying bar with somewhere nice for a nice sit down whenever there's a light show. Capital. It's, it's okay. I think I've got some words. It is my very great pleasure to be invited to the inaugural, the, 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 the inaugural, uh, the naming of this vessel. She's mighty fine and I'm sure that everyone here from the Fuel Rats will make great use of her. Cecil, that was last year. We're not the Fuel Rats. What do you mean? This isn't a Fuel Rats carrier. What on earth is it then? And why does it smell of spilled tritium? This is our one for Galnet News Digest. Galnet News Digest? Who are they? That's us. Just the two of you? Wouldn't you like something nice like a beluga? Just the right size for two of you? Your private swimming pool, lovely views, that sort of thing? No. This is our carrier, and Beetlejude bought it for the broadcast. It has our studio, all of our ships, the library of video footage. Don't forget, all those compromising pictures of Hudson. Your private collection of naughty photographs. Yes. Anyway, this is our carrier. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, by the way, Beetlejude, I'm Cecil. Nice to meet you. Hey, don't suppose you fancy a drink in the bar later, do you? It's okay, Cecil. We're buying the drinks for everyone. Capital. Hang on. This made me awfully thirsty. Need something to wet my whistle. I'm a little parched. Ah, that's better. So... Uh, where were we? On behalf of Alvin Deefer, the oh-so-fluffy leader of the Hutton Orbital Truckers, who, I understand, had the very important job of towing this behemoth all the way here. Did you know how many type nines it takes to drag one of these things quite this far? Will you please get on with it? Oh, uh, sorry. Anyway, on behalf of his fluffiness and in enormous gratitude to the rather excellent Commander Beetlejude, cheers, who paid for this whole thing, and the after party. There is an after party, isn't there? Yes! Anyway, it's my very great pleasure here to be, to be here at the naming of this fine vessel. May all who serve on her have a great time standing around in corridors, looking important and remembering not to vomit every time it jumps. I name this vessel the Galnet News Digest. Hang on. The Galnet News Digest? I mean, really. It didn't take much thought, did it? What's wrong with that? Well, you could have been something grand like the Galnet Excelsior, or practical like the outside broadcast carrier. 
You're after my mother. She was called Doreen, by the way. Lovely lady. No. It's called the Galnet News Digest. Oh, well. Galnet News Digest it is, then. Yeah, that's it. We're done. Time for a drink. Someone untie this bottle of Centauri Megagen from the rope for me. He's supposed to throw it at the bow of the carrier. He smashes. Ceremonial. What? Smash it? You've gone mad. It is premium gin, that is. I, I can't do it. I won't. Just give me the scissors and I'll cut a tape or something in, in the rope. For heaven's sake, man, just throw the bottle. Look, I'll mix you a lovely cocktail. Give it here. Horrible person. That poor bottle of gin. I need a hug. Commanders Beetlejuice and Wotherspoon. Oh, and Cecil. Now, for all you chuckers going for gold, it's time for the third part of Commander Chicks's Tips and Tricks, where he's going to tell us how exploration bonuses can really boost your cart or haul. But first, he answers a letter from our listener. Good evening, chuckers. Welcome to the third part of my mini series. Exploration Tips and Tricks with Commander Chicks in conjunction with Going for Gold Part Deux. Tonight I'm going to talk about exploration bonuses, why they matter and how to get them with little or no extra effort. Before I do that, after last week's show I was asked a question by our listener. It's a good question too. Our listener asks, is it worth bothering to scan planets around other stars in the system other than the primary star where you jumped in? Well, Planets around secondary stars often pose something of a dilemma. Is the bother of supercruising 600,000 light seconds for a single water world, or that terraformable HMC, really worth the bother? Or should you just jump to the next system for easier and quicker pickings? Well, as you know it would, it depends, and on several factors. First amongst which is, you're a trucker. Does 600,000 light seconds really bother you? If it does, Go and give yourself a hard stare in the mirror. A few moments later. Feel better now? Good. Now get out there and stop messing about. How many bodies are there and what type are they? Just one? Maybe? How far is it? Two? Oh well, perhaps I might. Three water worlds? Firewall that throttle. Other commanders will not often have bothered to make the trip out to a secondary star, so it's more likely that the planets orbiting it will not be mapped, leaving you to mop up their leftovers. Other paramount considerations could be, are you hungry? Do you need a pee? Yet another beer? A cup of tea? Or do you have a creeping urge to, I don't know, explode a vegetable into your face just for the hell of it? All of these mundane human distractions can be comfortably accommodated in the time it takes to supercruise, to a distant star. During a hunt and run, I can prepare, cook and eat dinner and even wash the dishes before the supercruise really starts to wind down. 
I hope that has been in some way helpful to our listener and look forward to more questions and fewer complaints. Anyway, let's get back to this week's show. In part one of the series, I talked about getting off the beaten path to find previously undiscovered systems. Why do we want to find undiscovered systems, you asked? Is it because we're all so vain and we like to see our commander names splattered across the galaxy like so many Kilroy was ears? Well, yes, all right, busted, you got me on that one. But it's also because the first discoveries come with some nice sweetener bonuses, and you should try to bag these whenever you can to increase your payout with little or no extra effort. There are lots of them, and they add up. Firstly, there's the first discovery bonus for being the first to honk a body. It's 2.6 times the base value. And this, my eager comrades, is where you get to splatter your commander name on things. Next, whilst in the full spectrum scanner, there's a small scan bonus for scanning each and every body in the system. Being the first to map a planet and receive an additional 50% of that planet's mapping value. This is again where, where being first really starts to rack up the extra credits and add another commander tag. All these bonuses and multipliers can be a little confusing to follow, so let's look at a typical example. You receive 270,000 credits for scanning a waterworld, but you'll get 700,000 if you were the first to discover it. That same waterworld will bag you a whopping 3.2 million credits if you were both first to discover it and first to map it, but only went 1 million if you were the Johnny-come-lately and someone else got there first. Still, it's a sum worth having, but it illustrates how much more you can make with little or no extra effort by simply staying off the beaten track and finding and mapping things first. Being the first to map all bodies in the system also receives a small bonus. This one is tricky and I generally only do it where I've already mapped most of the other planets and because of course they are terraformable and there's only one left. Lastly, in the detailed surface scanner, the surface mapping efficiency bonus gives you a 25% uplift of the mapping value if you use the target number of probes or fewer. 99% of the terraformal bodies you will map will show a 6 or 7 probe target and you should be able to do these in 4 or 5 probes most of the time. Lastly, there's one more exploration bonus which is the mother of them all. I'm talking about the plus 200% bonus on exploration data from Li Yong-Ri when it's cashed in at LYR systems. That's triple your money for the mathematically challenged. There's a bit more to it than just turning up though, and I've written a handy guide available all good Hutton Facebook page file sections near you. Commanders need to attain rank 5 in powerplay with LYR which is why it'll take a day or two to get. It's fairly tedious and will cost you the thick end of 100 million credits. That's if you choose the relatively safer cargo hauling option. However, once you've done it, you'll triple the value of everything you turn in. It's worth considering if you have more than a few hundred million credits worth of data. Sadly, I've run out of time to mention the million ways you can die in space, and Palantir gives me a right bollocking if I run over. So join me, Commander Chicks, next week for more exploration tips where I'll focus on the best and most stylish ways to get your ship blown up and lose all your data with panache. <coughs> well, tune in next week to hear a whole list of things that will kill you in space and cause you to lose all your data. Hmm. Well, on a lighter note, let's go over to Mia Harkness to find out who has excelled at what in the Hutton Helper results. 
Welcome to the Hutton Helper Results. The Hutton Helper Results are sponsored by the Hutton Helper, the only third party resource to come with a free copy of How to Win Friends and Influence People. This week we have the following events the Hiding Behind Beagle Point Shield, the Imperial Cutter Full of Spin Cup Winners Cup, the I Need 211 Tons of Bio Waste Challenge, the I'm in the clear, there's no bounty on me now, right? Right? Deja Vu Trophy, the For You The Party Is Over Tournament of Tournaments Tournament and the Getaway Car Extravaganza. So get your excuses ready, tell everyone to move on and whatever you do, do not have a celebration party. This week's Hutton Helper results are Mark Xanthius jumped 37,000 light years to come first in distance travelled, R4M8O, that would be Rambo, Sold 50,000 tons of goodies. Top mission runner this week is Loose Knockers with 166 mission points. Must be a quiet week for the old missions. Uh, next is Mazar Curin cashed in 88 million credits worth of bounties. Feleran handed in 441 million credits worth of combat bonds. And then Grey delivered 401 people to their various destinations. And that's a decal for R4M80. So, email I took part at huttonorbital.com and I reached to collect your Hutton decal kit, which this week consists of a shaggy haired Labrador, a muck spreader, and a tiny cocktail umbrella. Just the one Hutton run this week from Schwartz Katz, who made the trip in 1 hour 23 minutes and 55 seconds. Now that is a full, excuse me, now that is a full 1 second faster than their previous run for the 30th of May and it puts them in 95th place overall so that one second gained them five places on the official times which is just as well because we were running low in jammy dodgers hemorrhoid cream fish paste and mothballs sounds weird i know but it makes a hell of a sandwich anyway there's a whole galaxy out there of stuff needing shipped shot rescued looted repaired destroyed bought sold squeezed Inflated, burnt, frozen, liquidated, evaporated, sandblasted, sponged down, smelled, licked, extruded, discombobulated, recombobulated, and probinated. And you can earn yourself a very fetching hut and decal for doing it. Now I bet you're wondering how you can be a part of that. Well, here's a wee idea for you. Why not go to hot.forthemug.com and download or sign up for the delicious new hut and helper available in three delicious flavours. Said delicious twice, that there we are. Let's face it, anything has to be better than asking all the other commanders if they like you. And then nearly half of them say no. Anyway, that's it for this week. Back to Studio 5. Thank you, Mia. Isn't that decal winner pronounced Rambo? Anyway, I'm not sure we need any more we ideas, thank you. Dead Meat's already showed us that he knows the quickest way to kill a pot plant. And talking of someone who must have more lives than the winking cat, it's Amelia Hawke with the Gownet Rares Digest. Good evening. This is Amelia Hawke reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest. We try all the galaxy's rarest and most dangerous commodities, so you don't have to. 
galaxy, incomes and wealth vary enormously. Whilst members of the Pilots' Federation start with relatively few credits, in the grand scheme of global population, just by owning a pilot's license and a sidewinder, they're already amongst the privileged few. Even without billions in the bank, or a fleet carrier, their future prosperity is almost guaranteed. With gold-plated insurance to protect their assets, medical access that ensures recovery from even the most dangerous-looking, excessively percussive landing, and even guaranteed clone-based reincarnation after the most messy of destructive alien probing. Pilots live a comfy life. For everyone else in the galaxy, unless you're an Imperial Senator or serving in the Federal Military, you have to eke out a living in any way possible. Yes, you can get gainful employment as a dock hand or an agri-dome or, you know, on an agri-dome, digging up space potatoes. Of course, a, a step down from this and you hit the underbelly of any station. The unemployed. The, the down and out. Or those who have been dealt a bad hand by fate. There are still ways to make money. From theft and robbery, con jobs, dumpster diving for uh, computer parts, or, or quite simply selling your own body for any number of shady purposes, there are always ways to make a few credits. The HIP59533 system has turned the exploitation of its population into a thriving business, legalizing a practice that to most people in the galaxy should be shunned and looked down upon with disgust. They harvest their own population, or, or more importantly, harvest fluids from those who are willing or desperate enough to want a few credits. Science fiction has spoken about such things for generations. Uh, stories of Soylent Green being one of the most well-known, which uh, actually is, is about as close as you can get to this week's rare. It's also green, bilious, hideous, revolting green. And yes, it is exactly as disgusting as it sounds. Burnham Bile Distillate. Volunteers agree to be connected up to the Burnham Bile Harvester, a machine that makes nasty gloppita gloppita noises as it sits and sucks out all your nasty bile. These volunteers make sure, through a combination of poor diet, lifestyle choices, anger at the system, and a good dose of daily vitriol, that they're as bilious as can be before their donation session. As with blood donation, which of course ethically is the other side of the fluid donation coin, the managers at Burnham Beacon hand out certificates and medals for large donation milestones, celebrating a, a donor's tenth, hundredth and thousandth donation. The donors are segregated by age and other factors and their bile is collected and then distilled and placed in barrels for aging, giving different vintages of the bile distillate, which, after processing, is a strong liqueur. 
Overdonation can, of course, be fatal. One human can only contain so much bile, and if you donate too frequently, you'll end up sucked as dry as a husk by the machine as it gleefully drains you of just about everything else. The first sign is pinched cheeks, then hollow eyes, then you slowly collapse and desiccate into a revolting-looking mummy. I, I've seen the wards where the distillate is harvested. I've seen the emancipate, uh, emaciated population who they have no other choice to make a few credits. And I, I've seen the wealth side by the bile vampires from owning corporate, you know, corporation from exploiting their own people. <laughs> the, the, the result uh, in, in front of me is a small glass of something so horrible that I'm I'm not actually sure I can drink this. The fermented, distilled, alcoholic byproduct of another human's bile duct. I mean, this, this smells horrific, and despite many years with the Garnet Rares Digest, I'm I'm pretty sure I I I, I can't. Oh, this the. Uh... Okay, okay, I'll try. Oh. Okay, that's just, that's that smell. Oh my god, I, I I can't, I can't. No matter the price tag or, or the rarity, I just can't. Oh my god, no. This is Amelia Hawk reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest, and I've refused to take this week's rare good. And I advise you, if someone offers you a glass to run away screaming, oh, Jesus Christ, that, that smell burns the sinuses. Just run away screaming or make sure you've got a bucket handy. Please tell me you didn't bring a sample back with you. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, <laughs> this this stuff is so vile. It's like the worst thing in existence. The people who created it should be shot. <laughs> I brought you a bottle each. <laughs> and yet, people buy it. Maybe they just put it on yeah. a shelf and never use it. People are weird, don't no, they? No, that's Galliano. No, no. Well, you make a Freddy Fudpucker with Galliano. Uh, you can make a what? A Freddy Fudpucker. It's like a tequila sunrise, but you put Galliano instead of tequila. And you know you've had enough because the barman punches you in the face when you ask for one. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's the bottle at the back of the booze cupboard that you with, drink when there's nothing yeah, else. But you can't get those Cecil bottles in the it. booze cupboard. You need a very tall booze cupboard to <laughs> <with> those in. <laughs> yes. Well, that, yes, I think I'd rather drink Galliano than burn a bile distillate. Well, either that or you'll get blue balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 look at that. Look at that. All this time, but we've now got a good joke. Very good. <laughs> wow. I, I can't tell. I honestly can't tell the difference. I'm just going to write uh, I'm going to write this date down in my five-year diary. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and your five-year mission. To yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> To, to jokingly go, no remove, remove crackers. <laughs> yes. Oh, that was fun. That was 
well, fun for us because we didn't have to try and <clears throat> swallow it, as it were. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Oh. What's, the, what, what's the seam count? Well, I, um, you tell me. It's pretty low. Mm. I'm still on one. It, this I'm is a... probably the most seamless we've ever been. And that's not in an ironic sense. Like I usually say seamless. <laughs> Genuinely seamless. Worked hard for in this. A, in a seamless sense. Mm. In, a, in an actual sense where there has been very few or little seams. There's been a, yes. a, I think there were two half seams at one point, which yes. you'd only notice a little bit of timing, but that's all. Just, just, just a bit of a seam. It's sort of, you might find a sort of loose bit of thread at the end. That's all. It's not, it's not come undone, no, but it's just gosh. a little it's loose bit. It's the kind of seam that you, that you don't want to tug at too much. Yes, yes. Yep. Yeah. I'm not going tugging. It's, I'm, I'm too busy doing the show. What? This is the loose thread at the end of the show. <laughs> yes, it is. Very loose thread at the end of the show. Yeah, once, when, once the show's Careful. finished, you can have a good talk yeah. to yourself. Unruffle a lot. Yes. Don't, don't pull too hard mm, on, no. on that loose thread. No. Quite. Well, yeah. moving on. Yes. I think that's probably taken the tone about as low as we can, as we yeah. dare, <laughs> even for us. Yes. Yes. As low as you, dear. Yeah, well, I, right. I know. It's always my fault, <laughs> and I know that, and I'm proud of it. Okay. <laughs> so, um, thank you, everybody. That was a, a great show. It was great fun. Thank you, all our listeners, for being with us and sticking with us through to the bitter end, even though it's not a terribly long show. It's it's a decent length, It's as it were. Then um, we, we've cracked you, the hour and a half. to get finished for Amelia's film. Uh, quite. Uh-huh. Film, mm-hmm. movie, uh, movie time. I'm only doing it for Sandrine. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, I think it only remains for us to say goodbye in the time-honoured and eardrum-bashing fashion we are used to. Wait. Amelia, take it away. For the Journey too long, a cargo too small Profit margins never really mattered at all Gonna take the cargo where it's needed today Super cruising all across the Milky Way We're taking anything, anytime, anywhere Loading all the teen out to the brim With the rest for the more for the more, for the more, yeah, you know just where we're coming from. For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more, yeah, everybody's seen a trucker song. Flossie always seems to crash into the sun Skibble likes to pile it on the Xbox One Having out the free, you know, leads us well Truck across the galaxy, now everybody out For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more Yeah, you know just where we're coming from for the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Everybody sing the Hutton Chucker song. For the more, for the more, 
for the more You know just where we're coming from For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more Everybody sing the Trucker song Profit mind just never really mattered at all We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today Super cruising all across the Milky Way We're taking anything, anytime, anywhere So shout it out loud like you don't even care For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more Yeah, you know just where we're Coming from For the more For the more For the more Everybody sing the Trucker song For the more For the more For the more Yeah you know just where we're coming from For the more For the more For the more Everybody sing the Trucker song gentlemen that's the end of the show everybody's buggered off now so why don't you bugger off seamless